This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Here's what Jesus is really saying here. I'm speaking this to you now, you audibly hear me. But I understand when the heat is turned up and you're in those situations, you're afraid you might forget, but I'm sending the Helper. Everything you need to remember, everything you need to know, will be brought up to you then. I'm saying it now so that you know I said it. I'm setting the standard, but the Holy Spirit will bring it up. It's kind of like His Word, right? So, have you ever had a situation where someone you heavily depended upon had told you that he or she was going to be leaving? Imagine the disciples of Jesus as they began to hear and understand that He was going to be leaving. But this is where one of His greatest promises actually begins. As Pastor Troy explains today, Jesus would send a helper, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus has promised to send the Holy Spirit to you as well. Through the Holy Spirit, you can have an active, growing relationship with Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 14 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. We have this newness of life. Things change. Direction changes. There's life. We gain a supernatural knowledge that He is there. He is real. We don't have to be convinced again that he's real or that he's there, we know. He says, on that day, you will know. We're able to experience an active, growing relationship with him, and it doesn't depend on everyone else. Now, there's a condition to this experience of closeness with him, his presence, and that is obedience. You can never, ever enjoy the fullness of the Christian life or the closeness of his presence that you can, never, I don't care how emotional you may feel in a moment, you can never really experience the closeness that he intends without obedience, apart from obedience. Cooperating with God in terms of what right and wrong is. Cooperating with God in terms of lifestyle choices. Cooperating with God in terms of his priorities. You can want it all you want. You can get emotional about it all you want. You can get angry about it all you want. But you cannot experience it or have it without obedience. This is what causes some to get frustrated. This is what causes some to turn their back and get angry and to blame God and to get angry for no reason at all. Because they know there's something more. They want something more. And maybe it's God's fault or someone's fault that they can't have it, but it's in the form of obedience. This isn't about salvation at this point. This is about closeness, intimacy, His presence. You can never enjoy the fullness of the Christian life 
apart from obedience. In fact, I believe it's possible to be saved and not really satisfied or that you can have salvation and not enjoy salvation. It's like hitting a wall. See, when we start to grow in the Lord, it's exciting. Just getting to church is the challenge, right? Oh, man, it's so hard to get up in the mornings. And then you realize the Lord through the Holy Spirit starts to convict you. Well, it's these late nights on Saturday night. These late nights on Saturday night are interfering with your ability to get up on Sunday morning. You go, oh, no, now he's convicted me of something else. It just keeps spreading. He keeps, he keeps putting his finger on stuff. But it's exciting. You know, he hasn't asked you to quit your job or, or certain things just yet. And so like, oh, man, these are, oh, just getting there on Sunday mornings, man. For me, I was glad they had a Sunday evening service because that one worked for me in the beginning. And I gave my life to the Lord. It was wonderful. And then for me, it was, how about, how about a Sunday morning? Oh, man, Lord. I mean, I only, I only have two days that, that are weekend, and I really want to enjoy them. Oh, well, what do you call enjoying them? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I haven't really thought about that. You see. <laughs> you know? And then he says, yeah, that's why we want to work on that. And he starts to expand his work in our heart and in our life. And it's a good thing. But see, what happens is we can all hit that brick wall in our growth. We feel like I've accomplished much. Hey, we got out of debt. Uh, my wife is back with me and we're doing good. We could do better, but we're doing good. I mean, she was going to leave me before, but hey, we're doing well. We even got a dog now. I mean, we're doing good. So we just kind of stop letting him change us. We hear, we go, I don't know if I need to do that. Hey, I don't want to become too zealous, too righteous. It's not like I want to walk on water or anything. My friends are even saying, hey, you're getting too holy. Not fun anymore. And so we can hit this wall. You resist the Lord who wants you to continue growing. Oh, not just your friends. You're not, I've arrived, now let me pour out into my peasant friends who just don't know the Lord. No, 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 he's still growing you. The difficulties, the challenges around you, the trials, all of this is not just because they're in sin, it's also because you need to grow up too. You need to learn when to stand up. You need to learn when to let go, trust God. You need to learn not to get on all fours and crawl on the ice like it could give at any time, but to go, you know what? I'm going to walk. I'm going to cast some seed. Oh, don't want seed? All right, I'm going to keep casting seed. I'm going to keep going and enjoying what God's doing. That doesn't mean there won't be heartache and heartbreak and pain, but you shouldn't be sucked dry of all the joy like you're just existing and not living. See, to live, you need to obey. And trust God. Arthur Pink, a notable Bible scholar, said the manifestation of Jesus Christ is made only to the ones who really love him. And the proof of love to him is not an emotional display, but a submission to his will. The Lord will give no direct and special revelation of himself to those who are in the path of disobedience. I've known believers, so many believers, in fact, who seem to live sub-relational lives with Christ. You talk to them, you pray. You hear this in prayer. And if someone dare say, like in their prayer, Lord, oh, one day you're coming back. We, oh, Lord, please. You know, then you get a witness. Oh, hurry, hurry back, Lord. Like this is such a miserable existence. I can't wait to get to heaven. That's not what Christ intended for us to feel down here. 
Paul did say, hey, I'd love, I'd rather be there with you. However, you see it's better for me here. I got life to live. And as long as I got life to live, I'm going to live it for your glory. Not Friday night, Saturday night kind of living that causes me to pray that our church starts a Sunday night service so I can get to it. But the life of putting the things down, letting go of the things, the people that are just a distraction, we're not helping them. They're a weight, they're a hindrance, they're not going any direction. They need the Lord. They don't need us. There are times where we're very helpful. They're listening. They're growing. But there are also times where they hit their brick wall and we're no good for them. And the same thing's true for us. We're growing too. And we can't afford to let brick walls stop us from letting God continue to raise us up, grow us up, to let go of things and set our sights on the Lord. The solution for us, if we've been just existing lately, is to let go of everything and follow the Lord. Obey. Do what he said to do. So, Peter and the apostles, they understood that it was more important to obey the Lord than to even risk their own lives because they were told, no longer speak in his name. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, this is after they've been told not to speak in his name anymore. He said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God, is exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to who? Those who obey him. See, if you want the power, if you want the propelling, if you want the fulfilling, if you want the expression, then you need to obey. And it can be very hard because there are emotional tugs, physical tugs everywhere around you to keep you back and to drain you. We're to help anybody. But there's only one who was supposed to die for everybody. That's not you. We turn them over to his hands because he obviously loves them a lot better and a lot more than we can. We've got to fix our eyes lest we be devoid of any joy and any life, and we reduce ourselves to simply existing. So three promises, supernatural life, a supernatural knowledge that he is there, and a supernatural presence with us, enabling, moving us, guiding us. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Here's what Jesus is really saying here. I'm speaking this to you now. You audibly hear me. But I understand when the heat is turned up and you're in those situations, you're afraid you might forget. But I'm sending the Helper. Everything you need to remember, everything you need to know, will be brought up to you then. I'm saying it now so that you know I said it. I'm setting the standard, but the Holy Spirit will bring it up. It's kind of like his word, right? 
We read, we study his word, we have his word, then we go out there and you forget that verse or, oh no, should I do this? And the Holy Spirit brings up the verse that gives support. We go, oh yeah, that's what he's going to do for us. So there's this promise of supernatural revelation. God's word. The helper, we know, will guide, will comfort, will counsel, but he will also teach and Help them remember. Teaching them because they're going to run into circumstances that Jesus didn't necessarily take them into exactly that way. And it's like, what do we do? You been there? This is not in the Bible. What do I do? Well, if you will obey, obey the Lord, then he will supernaturally teach you, give you wisdom beyond yourself. But if you want to choose your own way, do your own thing, go by your emotions, then Well, you can do it on your own. Let your emotions take you. Let's see where the emotions lead you on that ultimate end. Is this going to end? Is this going to happen? Are you going to fix the situation? There's so much more to learn from today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. So be sure to stay tuned for the next part of Pastor Troy's message. Building on the Solid Rock is the radio teaching ministry of Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our weekly services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. for a time of worship and learning from the Word of God. You can also come by on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for our in-depth Bible study. Learn more about the church and find directions at our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We hope to see you there. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. We've been given a helper. Oh, you know, the disciples had been taught by who? Jesus. So they were used to Jesus always being around. Defer to Jesus. Help us, Jesus. They had not done so well when they tried to speak up on their own, at least up to this point. So you can understand their concern, right? I mean, you think about some of the things that happened. Jesus told them, boys, I'm going to be handed over and crucified and raised up on the third day, to which Peter replied, no way, this will never happen to you. Jesus said, get behind thee, Satan. Now, on the grading chart, that would be an F. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is transfigured. He's in this holy staff meeting, right, with Moses and Elijah. They're talking about future things. Peter, he's just in awe, kind of butts in. You know, he's like, Lord, it's uh, good for us to be here. You want us to build a tabernacle for the others? You guys can stay? And uh, God, or the Father, had to chime in and, and, and basically say, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. In other words, quiet, Peter. Stop speaking. Just listen. So that was an F. Philip. Jesus talks to Philip. They got a multitude following him. Things are going well. Philip, Jesus, Jesus asks him. The answer's right there. Philip, look at me. Where are we going to get food to provide for all these people. Philip, instead of looking at Jesus, he looks at the people and goes, Lord, if we had this much money, we would never be able to feed them. Well, I don't need to tell you, that was an F. (laughs) It's like the answer's right here, right here. You know, like the coach or or the teacher that says, this is going to be on the test, right there. When Jesus announced that he needed to go down to Judea, right, he's going to die. He's told them, I'm going to die. Well, he says, hey, let's go down to Judea. Let's go. It's time. Let's go down to Judea. You know what they say? 
they don't like you down there. I don't think we should go down there. It doesn't seem like a wise thing to do. But he was going to die. That was an F. So they haven't done very good. At the bottom of the mount, there was a certain group that stayed at the bottom of the Mount of Transfiguration. They come down, and they're like, man, there's this demon. We couldn't get him out. We don't know how to handle this. Jesus is like, oh, Lord. Oh, Father. How much longer? So that was an F. They have not been doing very good, right? They feel like you and I. Hey, when we distance ourselves from the Lord, these guys walked with Jesus, and they're getting Fs. So don't feel bad. I know it's not, I want to bring some hope here in a moment, but don't feel bad that you're getting all these Fs right now. You go out there, it's really about obedience. If we obey him, see, we fail in the things that we think we can do. I'll tackle that demon. Oh Lord, we can't cast this guy out. See, we go out, we try to do it our own way in our own strength. We get beat up, we get the F. We think we can do it, but we fail. The Lord is saying, look, I want you to do these things. You think you can't do them, but you're going to ace them. Because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be near you. You're going to have life. You're going to enjoy it. Anyone enjoy tests? No, we don't. (laughs) But with the Lord, these tests are different. You don't study in advance. You walk in them. You're ready. Now, if I did this to you, if I said, all right, guys, we're going to have a test today. I'm going to call at random. You won't even know. You're not even prepared, but you, you are prepared. You just don't know it. Here's the test. I want you to stand up, walk here, turn around, walk back to your seat, and sit down. What? Yeah, you're prepared. In fact, you should be really ready for this. You've been walking your whole life, haven't you? You're ready. Now, if from the time you were a baby, you said no to mom and dad, and you just sat and you never did anything, and now you're here and everybody has to carry you around, Then if I ask you to do that, it's going to be really hard. Well, impossible. Because you've never done what you were supposed to do in the first place, which is follow, listen, listen to instruction, make, try, give an effort. See, that's what God's doing with us today, every day. We walk by faith every day, and we're prepared when he says to do this thing. And it's not like, oh, this is a big test. When I read books about men of great faith, They'll never say things like, oh, Lord, I was so scared. And he said, Usually it's like, you know, God said to do this. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but we went and God provided. But it wasn't like this overemphasized, drawn out, dramatic thing. It was just, you know, I prayed. George Mueller didn't think about big orphanages at the time. He just had a breakfast club. He said, hey, we'll make ourselves available. We'll invite some of the kids and we'll do this. Well, they got it all set up, did everything and got there, waited by faith. They even had stuff provided for them. It was God moving for sure. They had prayed for so many things. They sat there and they waited. And that first day, they were waiting for their first knock, a child. Come on, Lord, bring them. But what he realized, well, nobody came. And then his wife kind of reminded him. She laughed. She said, George, we've been praying about the building, the this, the this, the this. We have all of this. God provided it. We didn't pray for children, the very ones we're called to minister to. I guess we just assumed they'd be here. They started praying. God opened the doors. Specific prayer. Don't underestimate it. Pray specifically. Sometimes you don't know how to pray specifically because you don't know what 
God wants to do or what you're supposed to be doing. And that's why you're getting F's all over the place. Pray specifically. Move when given direction to move. When not given direction, keep praying specifically. And let God adjust your prayers if necessary and then move. But wait and then when he speaks, don't wait anymore. Supernatural life. Knowledge of his presence, one that we can't gain by book study. We get his presence. The promise of supernatural revelation. The disciples went from F students on their own to A+. The power of God in their life made a big difference. And obedience to him was like a key that unlocked all that. One of the greatest blessings of obedience is You're just called to obey what you know to do. And then he reveals to you all the things that you need to know. You just obey what you do know. He gives you revelation of all the things you need to know as it unfolds. And only then. So as the disciples are going forward, worried about how they'll be able to survive without Jesus going forward, Jesus says, oh, I'll be with you. I'll be with you closer than ever before. I and you, you and me, the Father there to provide. The Father is the provider. The promise of God is that he will give you revelation and recall when you need it. So obey. And then he'll show you. Some of the things that you need. Four promises. Supernatural life, knowledge, presence, revelation. Before we close, let me ask you four questions that go along with those. One, how is your life? Are you existing or living? Just getting by? Oh, boy. Heaven. Heaven, come quickly. Just get me out of here. Save me. You're already saved. You should be living now. And if you are just existing, what is it that God wants you to do? What are you not listening to? What do you need to obey? How about this one? How is your knowledge? Question two. How is your knowledge? I don't mean your theology, your book learning. I mean your experience with the Lord as a result of your pursuing Him. You know it because you're living it. Three, how is your intimacy with Jesus? See, what happens when we follow him is we get a sense of his presence and closeness. He promised that he would be there and he would be intimate with us, close with us. So are you believing in such a way that you're following? And are you living in such a way that he doesn't have to pull back because I can't go there. I can't be a part of that. I will not be a part of that. That discussion, that attitude, those words, those things. You see, we can do things to distance ourselves and limit our intimacy with the Lord. And finally, how is your relationship concerning the Holy Spirit? Is he guiding you? Is he your teacher? Are you starting to get things? You know, Scripture becomes more clear. You live in obedience to the Lord and you go, I get it. I see why your way is so much better. You'll never learn that until you do it his way. If you want to experience these things, You can't just underline the promises. You have to live by them. Don't crawl around through this life scared, wondering if the ice is going to crack and give way. Get up and follow the Lord. 
Enjoy the life God has given you. Don't let others drain too much out of you. Don't let circumstances worry you so much. God is in control. Only do what you can do today. You do your best, you'll have nothing to worry about. You do what God wants you to do, you have nothing to worry about because the rest is in his hands. How people respond, react, what they say isn't of importance to you. You've got life to live, seed to scatter, and a light to shine. And God will make sure that happens if you live. That's all we have time for today on Building on the Solid Rock. Next time, Pastor Troy Neely will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book. If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come